Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. This is episode number 21 on Monday, September 12th, 2022. And today we're talking about how everything is connected. I would love for this to be part of a three-part series this week, so I'm thinking today we'll go into how everything is connected. On Wednesday, we can go into how the decisions that you're making are are helping to keep you small, and then on Friday, we can go into how to change your life, live the life of your dreams at the end of that. So today is kind of building the foundations, how everything is connected, everything you're doing. So when I say everything is connected, I mean your health, your your well-being, your mindset, where your life is currently versus where you want it to be, and how much money you have. I think all of that is connected together. And what that means, since it's all connected together, is that you have the power to change it. You have the power to do something about it. You have the power to break outside of the box, bust, blow the box open, whatever it is you need to do, you have that power. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You're not a victim of things that have happened to you in the past. You're not a victim of genetics. None of that. None of that is something you get to play the victim card with. As far as genetics go, and even things maybe that happened in the past to you, no, you cannot control that. Things that happened in the past or your genes. But just because you have those genes, you the choices you make every day either light up the good genes in your body or the bad genes. A lot of us have these negative genes, maybe you've got the gene for breast cancer or Alzheimer's, whatever it may be, your lifestyle dictates if those genes get activated and cause disease in your body, or if those genes get to stay asleep in your body, you have that power. You're not predetermined to have a lot of these diseases, some of them maybe, but not all of them. Some of them only get activated by the lifestyle that you choose to live. And as far as things that happened in the past, traumas you've experienced, you can let them control you and run your life and run the narrative forever, or you can let them go. So we can dive deeper into this tomorrow. Because some of this stuff is why you're playing small, why, why you are choosing to self-sabotage, things along those lines. But today, we are all about how everything is connected. And I didn't really see it before, so I'll go down that first. So I recently had four different tests run. I've always kind of had some health issues. I've had, I have irritable bowel syndrome. You can look that up if you need to know exactly what that entails. 
And there were always these times where I would just feel so tired. Like I'm one of those people I love to sleep. <laughs> I could sleep for 10 hours a day and sometimes still, still be so tired. I would fall asleep behind the wheel driving for less than 30 minutes. That's kind of scary. And stuff like this was happening when I was like 22, 23 years old, you know, sleeping 10 hours a day, 10 hours a night, but then still not being able to drive 30 minutes without falling asleep. So, of course, I got all the tests run back then and I don't have sleep apnea, all my nutrient levels in my blood are regular, and they couldn't really explain to me what was happening. So I kind of shoved it off to the side thinking maybe it's just me, maybe I just need a lot of sleep, maybe I'm just crazy, you know, coming up with all these excuses as to why they couldn't find a medical reason for my issues. Fast forward to I got really into listening to podcasts. And on one of Melissa K. Norris's podcast, she had a doctor come on there that explained basically what I was going through, the exhaustion, the irritated gut, things along those lines and how it's all connected. And a lot of times, especially women, we're kind of pushed off. You're crazy. There's nothing actually wrong with you. You just need to toughen up. You just need to get over it. But that's not there is something there. There is something wrong, but a lot of traditional medical doctors don't go down this rabbit hole that I'm about to go down. They run the regular tests like sleep apnea. And if you don't have it, you don't have it, you know? So the four tests that I got run, so this doctor that was on the podcast, she is a licensed medical doctor as well as a holistic doctor. Her and her husband are both the same thing and they're both in practice together, which I also thought was really cool. So the four tests that I got run was an allergy test, food allergy based on my blood, a stool sample to test the microbiome in my gut, an Epstein-Barr test to see if I have the Epstein-Barr virus, which they thought I did before I took all the tests, and then a urine test to see where my hormone levels are all across the board. So I, of course, you know, the body is all connected in some way, but what I didn't, I couldn't actually connect the dots for myself though. I needed these tests to kind of help connect the dots because there are four different tests all across the board. So the allergy test, I got back, I've got not really any allergies per se, but 23 items that my body does not tolerate. So what does that mean if your body doesn't tolerate something? If you're eating that something that your body can't tolerate over and over and over again, it's causing inflammation. It is pissing your body off every time you're eating those items. So what could possibly be on my list of 23 items that my body can't really tolerate? So it was on a sliding scale. I don't know what the top end of the scale is, but a plus three for me were kidney beans. A plus two for me was garlic and everything else was a plus one. So all the others were kind of equal, but those were the worst two for me. 
On my list of 23 items, only two of them were not vegan. (laughs) So cod and cow's milk are things that I'm not tolerant of. I'm not going to read to you the whole list, but some of them were shocking, like rice. My body doesn't tolerate rice. You would think rice is kind of mellow on your stomach, you know, peas. You would think that's also another very mellow thing that you could eat. Lettuce, that's on that list too. Wheat is on my list. That was a big one for me, as well as a bunch of nuts. So almonds, cashews, walnuts, and peanuts were all on my list, which is also huge. Your girl loves peanut butter. (laughs) So I've switched to sunflower butter, which is okay. It's just not quite the same yet as peanut butter. I don't know if it'll ever be the same, but the rice, I was already kind of switching away from rice to rice cauliflower. Turns out cauliflower is also on my list. So just some of these things like black pepper was on my list, tomatoes, um, coconut. So there's definitely a lot. Sesame's, So no sesame seed, no tahini that usually goes in hummus, things along those lines. So I was eating, especially being vegan, I was doing almond milk. I was making cashew and almond granola and cashew or almond, um, sorry, I lost the word here, cashew or almond like cheese alternatives to put in foods that I was eating. I already let you know that I was replacing rice with cauliflower. So I was eating anywhere from two of these items up to four or five of these items per meal or snack every single day. So I wasn't eating all 23 items on my list every day, but I was eating those probably 10 or 12 of those items multiple times a day. And that adds up for your body. So that right now will leave us separate. My gut was pissed off and can't tolerate 23 things. And it gets inflamed when I eat these 23 things. So my, we'll move to the gut, that stool test that I got. So they tested my gut microbiome for six good bacteria. I have two of them. There is four of them missing. Four of them. Just gone. Just not there. No real trace of them. I also have an overgrowth of candida. And candida is a yeast infection. Usually it's caused by eating a lot of sugar and flour. And I also have an overgrowth of three bad bacteria in my gut. And those bad bacteria have kind of gotten in there and taken hold because I don't have the good bacteria to fight them off anymore. So we'll kind of leave that piece and move to the next one, which is the Epstein-Barr test. And based on everything I had told them about what I was experiencing and how the extreme tiredness and the really upset stomach kind of comes in waves, and I've had strep throat before, they told me they're not going to diagnose me without the test results, but they're pretty sure it's an Epstein-Barr 
virus infection that I'm dealing with. It's not. It's not active in my body at the moment. Doesn't mean it wasn't at one point, but it's not right now. That's not my issue. That's not my big fire. So then the last test was that urine test to test all the hormones. So my hormones, I'm not going to go completely down the rabbit hole of which hormone was in which spot, but they're all messed up all across the board. (laughs) I have low progesterone, high testosterone, my estrogen, my body is just not processing the estrogen the right way. And my, they even tested your stress hormones. So that cortisol level, cortisol level off the charts, especially when I first wake up in the morning, which is crazy. Why is my stress level the worst when I wake up in the morning? So there's that piece as well. So how does this all run together? You know, I've talked now about 23 foods that cause inflammation, my hormone levels being messed up, and then my gut bacteria kind of being messed up as well. So I'm going to talk about the gut a little first, because these are things I didn't know about the gut until after I got these test results run. So your gut, so I also want to pause for a second. When they tested my gut microbiome, they were also able to see how my immune system was functioning. And it's bad. My immune system, not that it's non-existent, but pretty much it's not good, uh, which explains a lot because for the last couple of years, like I get, I get sick, man. <laughs> and when I get really sick, I get really sick. I've caught COVID twice in like a six to eight month span. And the second time I caught COVID, you know, it was way worse than the first time. I'm sure it was a different strain and that makes some sense. But I was running a 103 degree fever for days, not just a day, not just 24 to 48 hours. No, like four days of a 103 degree fever and yes, I was taking something to bring it down, but what I was, I was taking to bring it down was only bringing it down to like 101 or 100. It wasn't actually breaking the fever. So I had a rough time and I didn't realize that the gut affects your immune system. So when your gut is off, your immune system is suppressed and your body cannot fight off what it needs to fight off anymore. So that's the first thing I didn't really know about the gut is that it controls your immune system. And if your gut is off, like my gut is off between candida and the bad bacteria and missing a bunch of good bacteria, you can't fight off germs and anything like that, you're going to get sick. So not only does the gut affect your immune system directly, it is basically your immune system, but that gut also affects your brain. Having an imbalanced gut can lead to things like anxiety and depression, 
your gut can cause that. Now, I'm not saying your gut always causes that, but your gut can be a big factor in your anxiety and depression. I've suffered from both multiple times in my life. I got put on some really heavy-duty medication for a while in my early 20s. Little did I know one of the side effects of that medication was that it ruins your gut microbiome. <laughs> the things we know now. And because I didn't know it had ruined it, I didn't know I needed to fix it. So we'll leave that alone. But your brain, your gut not only affects the immune system, but your brain. Your gut can also affect your hormone levels. Your gut affects everything in your body. So if your gut is off, so is everything else. Your gut can also cause so many health issues if it's off and it stays off, like diabetes. And we already talked about depression and anxiety, but it can also, if your gut is off, cause cardiovascular disease, cancer, autoimmune disease, even Alzheimer's. That gene for Alzheimer's you may have can be affected by your gut and what's going on in there. So what can we do about it knowing now how powerful our gut is? For me, it's stop eating the foods that are causing inflammation that are stressing not only my gut out, but in turn stressing my whole entire body out when I eat all these foods over and over and over and over again. It's not making my body any happier. I will also say, we talked about the stress hormones, cortisol, and mine's off the charts when I first wake up in the morning. So part of that is I get stressed out. I wouldn't say easily, but I let stress affect me. And I do have a stressful job. So my adrenal glands, because they're tired and fatigued, start pulling hormones. So not only does your gut affect your hormones, but your adrenals affect your hormones. So it's no wonder my hormones across the board are not looking the way they should. So my body is not processing the estrogen, which is supposed to run through your liver, which is part of your gut system. But my progesterone is so low because my adrenals are pulling at the progesterone to keep the adrenals functioning which main, means my body is producing extra testosterone to try to make up for the low progesterone. And we're in this huge, vicious cycle here. So everything that you do to your body is connected between things that you're eating that's either good for you or not good for you. It's connected. The stress that you're putting on yourself or the stress that you're experiencing at work, all of those things, good and bad, that you're doing to your body is connected and they're affecting these things that you may not even think they're affecting. They're affecting these things that you may not even see. You may never be able to see what your home hormone levels look like. But I promise you, if your gut is off, so are your hormones.
on some level somewhere. So what am I doing about this? Not too positive prognosis here. What I'm doing is cutting out those 23 items. It's taken some time, 100%. I was not able to make all these changes overnight because as I said, there's about 10 or 12 things on those that list that I was eating every day, sometimes multiple times a day, like garlic. I loved cooking with garlic. And what's a good sub for garlic? Shallots have a garlicky flavor. There's also an herb called garlic chives, and I'm gonna try those out as well. I've got some seeds to grow some. So that's also an alternative that I'm looking at using for garlic. So it's taken me a little bit to figure out what is a good alternative. I also didn't necessarily want to throw away all the food I had, like I have really expensive coconut oil, you know, I didn't really want to throw that away or give that away. It was a small jar, so I wanted to finish it instead. And that's okay. Now, am I going to make myself get through the full 20 pound bag of rice I finished, re I bought recently? No, the rice I will gladly donate or give away or do something else with instead, because that's a lot, having pounds and pounds and pounds of it left over and available. So I'm cutting out the 23 items. I'm really close to being done with all of them. It's harder if I'm trying to buy something already made at the store. Like every hummus I've seen so far in my local stores, they are made with tahini, which is that sesame. So I now make my hummus at home without tahini. There are recipes out there where you don't have to put sesames in there. Now, do I want to be so strict with these 23 items that I can never enjoy going out to eat? Or that occasionally I will not buy something from the store that I want? No. I don't want to be so strict that I cut these 23 things out forever and ever and never go out to eat again. But for now, I need to get off of them on a regular basis. And then I can eat them occasionally, depending on what it is that I'm eating, how much of it. So I'm coming out, getting off the 23 items, coming off sugar, which we'll talk about sugar, I think, in more of Wednesday's episode. I'll pause here on sugar, though. Sugar is an addiction for some people, not for everybody, but there are some people that are addicted to sugar, and I'm going to briefly hit here with how bad my sugar addiction is. I had been off sugar for about two months. I started, I think, end of June, beginning of July, no more sugar, done. No more added sugar. I make most of my stuff from home, which gives me the ability to not use sugar and use other alternative sweeteners like maple syrup or agave, whatever it may be. So I went for about two months, no sugar. The cravings were gone. I did not crave sugar anymore. I went on family vacation. Everybody's buying themselves ice cream and candy bars. I didn't because I didn't crave sugar. I didn't want it. 
didn't want it, not one bit. And that was great. My cousin made these awesome looking vegan peppermint patties. That's not something you get a whole lot, or at least I see a whole lot at the store. And they've kind of been sitting there. They asked if I wanted one at first. I was like, no, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, you know what? I will try them. I'll have half of one. And that was it. I had half of one and I did not eat anymore. Didn't go back for any more. And it was very tasty. But what did that lead to for me? Two days later, I'm driving home. Really long drive. I'm getting tired kind of falling asleep behind the wheel. So when I stop to go to the bathroom, I go to the vending machine. Out come the Oreos. Eat a bunch of Oreos. Drive home. Eh, I'm okay. I don't need sugar anymore. I was supposed to go to a potluck. I'm like, you know, what's a great thing I could bring to a potluck? I love bacon. Let me make those vegan peppermint patties. They'll be a hit. People will love them. So I buy all the stuff to make it, didn't wind up going to the potluck, so I make them anyway and decide to bring them into work. I'm like, oh, they'll love it at work. Bring it into work. Instead of putting it in the big, we have like a kitchen area where everyone has access to in the building. Instead of putting the peppermint patties there, I put the peppermint patties in the fridge right by my office and only tell three people about them. See, I'm like, I set myself up for self-sabotage and failure. And sure enough, I told myself I wasn't going to eat any of them. I don't need them. I don't need sugar. I've been off sugar for a while. We're okay. Sure enough, I ate some. I wouldn't say I binge ate where I'm eating six in a row. No. But after lunch, I'd go get one. Middle in the afternoon, I'd go get one. Before I'd leave for the day, I'd go get one. And then it turned into the next day, because there was still some left over, I wanted one in the morning. So I ate one in the morning. Then I ate one around lunchtime. Then I ate two in the afternoon. Then I ate one before I left. And it snowballed completely out of control. And then I had bought enough to make two batches of the peppermint patties, because I was supposed to go to two separate potlucks. Didn't wind up going to either one. So what did I do with the second baggie of chocolate chips? I ate them. Now, not in one sitting. You know, I didn't do that. But over the course of two days, that baggie of chocolate chips was gone. That's how bad my sugar addiction is. I was off it completely for two months. Allowed myself some freedom and flexibility to eat half a peppermint patty. And it spiraled completely out of control. And now I'm detoxing, coming back off the sugar again. It's not good for me. I just can't seem to handle it. So now I know that I need to have what I discovered yesterday is called a bright line. I need to have a solid line in the ground that says, I cannot eat that. I cannot have half the peppermint patty because it will trigger me back to eating all that sugar. So I'm cutting out the 23 items, cutting out sugar again. It's been a vicious cycle with the sugar. 
I'm reintroducing probiotics into my body, as well as a candida treatment to help with the yeast overgrowth that's in there. And usually when you're doing some kind of candida treatment, you cannot eat sugar or flour anyway. So wheat is on my list for flours, so that I need to cut out regardless. I'll touch on flour here briefly, and we'll go more into this tomorrow as well. So flour essentially turns into sugar in your body when you eat bagels and any other kind of, if you like pastas, things like that, that all turns into sugar in your body, in your bloodstream, it's sugar. So I want you to think about that before you're eating any of those things. We'll go more into that tomorrow as well, but the flour that we are eating today is genetically different than the flour our ancestors ate and it's not good for anybody. I don't care if you have a gluten intolerance, a wheat intolerance, whatever it may be, maybe you have an allergy. None of us should be eating the amount of pasta and baked goods and bagels and breads that we do eat. Not that you could never ever eat it again, but we should not be eating it in excess like we are. So now you might be thinking, well, I didn't get these tests run, these tests run for myself. So how do I know what the hell I'm supposed to do? So what can you do? You can get the test run if you'd like. I will say it was not cheap for me to work with them to get the test run, all these tests done. But three out of four of them were delivered right to my door. One of them I had to go to a lab. And they went through the test results with me and gave me copies of everything for the test results. So not cheap, but at least they went through the whole thing. Now, of course, they wanted to get me in their coaching program, happy work with a nutritionist to help me cut out these 23 items. But if you know me really well, I'm very stubborn. And I also like my money. And I didn't want to pay $3,000 to get their help for six months. Didn't want to. Because I know what I need to do. And that's what I'm doing right now. Get on the probiotics, which I don't want to be on the probiotics forever. That's not a long-term solution to the issue. I want to be on the probiotics rebuild that gut strength again and then come off the probiotics and hopefully my gut will be able to level itself out without taking a bunch of probiotics every single day. So that is an option you can get the tests run and if you needed help making these changes and transitions in your life they're there to help you which I thought was nice as well, that if I needed help, they'd be there. So there are five huge things that you can do to kind of change this, to change your everything, to change your health, your well-being, your gut, which in turn affects your brain and your emotions 
and your hormones, all of it's affected by what you're putting into your body. So I've got five things here with what you can do to try to fix it without the tests being done. And then tomorrow on Wednesday, we'll go more into some self-sabotage stuff. And then on Friday, we'll go into more changes you can make to really change your life, move that needle. So the five things that you can do, regardless of whether or not you want to pay for these tests, is to cut out sugar. Eating an excessive amount of sugar can lead to candida overgrowth. Maybe you're not an addictive personality, especially with food. Maybe you're not a sugar addict and you don't need to worry about cutting it out 100%. Maybe you could eat it today, not eat it again for six months and then eat it again one day and not eat it again for six months. I'm not really talking to you so much as I am the people like me where once you get some, you need more and more and more and more and more. We're the people that need to cut out sugar for good. Now, if you're not addicted to sugar, but you like to eat it every day, I will ask you, aren't you addicted to sugar? If you eat it every single day, and you might be thinking, well, I don't want to cut out sugar forever because I want to enjoy things in life, like dessert sometimes. Do you want to enjoy things in life? Or is that the dopamine receptors in your brain telling you, don't shut the door on us. Give us sugar sometimes. We'll be nice to you if you're nice to us. So is it really you or is it your mind, the pieces of your mind being controlled by your gut and the sugar telling you that you should eat that at least occasionally? I would say your best bets to come completely off the sugar and then decide. So the first thing you could do is cut out the sugar. And I will say it's more than just chocolate. It's more than just powdered sugar or the granulated sugar or the brown sugar. It's the sugar that they throw into the prepackaged breakfast cereals. Anything prepackaged, it's got added sugar. Your peanut butter has got added sugar. All these things have added sugar. So read the labels of the things that you still are buying from the store and see what has added sugar. And is there an alternative to cut out that sugar? Cut out the flour, traditional flour. And I'm not saying substitute flour for gluten-free flour, none of that cut it out altogether. You don't need to eat a bagel, especially not on a regular basis. You don't need that. It turns to nothing but sugar in your body. So cutting out sugar, cutting out flour, taking probiotics. And when I say taking probiotics, I mean more than just yogurt occasionally. If you eat dairy products, I mean the actual probiotics where there's millions of them in a pill and that the good probiotics when it hits your gut at least a good 
portion of it will stay and your stomach acid won't eat it all away. You also need to have the right mindset with this that you can change your life and your body. You are not stuck. Do not take where you are today and make it a part of your identity. If you're overweight, if you're obese, if you're underweight, if you're a healthy weight, whatever it may be, do not make that part of your identity. Well, I am obese. Sure, you're obese right now, but you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to. You can be whatever you want to be, but if you take that on as your identity and that's who you are at your core, you're never going to change. Same thing for a while. I knew I was addicted to sugar, but that would that was part of my identity. I am a sugar addict. So no matter how many times I tried to come off the sugar, stop eating the sugar, because part of my identity I had accepted was I am a sugar addict, I couldn't come off the sugar. But yes, I am addicted to sugar, but that doesn't mean I always have to be an addict and I always have to have it. So I'm working on changing that. That's not part of my identity. I'm choosing to cut sugar out of my life. So you can change your life and your body, but you have to believe it. You have to clear out the pieces of your identity you're holding on to and a few other things. And we'll go more into this on Friday. And the last thing that you can do is design your life beginning with the end in mind. So you might be stuck in these vicious loops of eating the sugar, eating the flour, being overweight or obese, or just not being where you want to be with your health. And you might feel really stuck. But if you design your life to look a different way and work every day to get your life to be that way, things will change. You will have the power and the energy to make the changes that you need to. So we're going to try to end on a positive note here. You have the power to change your life, including your body and the things that are external in your life. You have the power to change your mindset, your well-being, your health, where your life is right now, how much money you have. You can change all of that, every little bit of it. And we'll get into that more on Friday. But you got this. If you want to get tests run to see what you're intolerant of, you definitely can. I'm sure a traditional doctor, if you ask them, would let you. They'd order the test for you. And that might be useful to know. But what are you going to do once you know what's on your list officially? That's the hard part. It would have been so much easier for me to not open Pandora's box. But once I opened it and saw the 23 items, I couldn't shut it again. I had to do something about it. So we'll go more into some stuff Wednesday and Friday of this week. 
So thank you for listening to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. If you think somebody needs to hear some of these episodes, please feel free to share them with other people. We're trying to grow this podcast and get as many listeners as possible because some of these topics are extremely important and relate to everybody, even though we have Homestead in our title here. So stay tuned every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more amazing content.